Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Hey Mando, a Mandoverse review show. Uh, we are going to be covering Chapter 3 of the Book of Bubba Fett, titled The Streets of Mos Espa. So uh, I am Josh the Merc Rainer, Editor-in-Chief here at Merc with the Movie Blog, as you can see. Uh, there's no Dean. There's no Kiwi Jess. Uh, they're not uh, on going to be on today, unfortunately. Uh, Dean wasn't able to be here, and uh, at the last minute, Jess, uh, something uh, came up, and she wasn't able to make it as well. So it's just me here. So I'm just going to kind of go through the episode, break it down, give my thoughts. Uh, might be a little bit of a quicker one since it's just me, but I hope that you guys enjoy uh, what we do here today. All right, so... Uh, since I wasn't actually on the last two episodes, I typically uh, am behind the camera I'm doing the producing and things like that. Uh, I just kind of want to give my quick thoughts. I've, I've really enjoyed what they've done with the show so far. Um, uh, the first two episodes, I think the one critique, the one real critique that I have about the show is I wish it was a bit more balanced between the present day and the past stuff. Uh, because the, the first two episodes are heavy in the past and that's fine. Like I love that stuff. You know, the, the, what I call Tuscan times, uh, stuff in the, in the, you know, with him, with Boba in the, in the Tuscan Raiders. I, I, I love that stuff, but I feel like I've been getting a little shorted with the present day stuff. And that completely flips in this episode. We get, uh, just a handful of minutes really of the Tuscan times, as I call it. And uh, the majority of the episode is set in present time, which I like, uh, though I still felt it was unbalanced because of that. I was, I, I want a bit more of an, somewhat more even, it doesn't have to be exactly even, but a little bit more uh, evenness going on. Uh, the one thing I really did like about this episode uh, when it comes to that is that it wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, the first part is the present and then the back part is the past we start in the present we go to the past we come back to the present i liked that uh kind of back and forth a little bit so uh that i kind of hope um we might see a little bit more of. but i'll get into why that could become problematic uh for the way that the structure wise way that they do it uh as we gotta get through the episode so uh, we're going to dive into, like I said, this is the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa. So the episode starts off with, uh, you know, some exposition from uh, Boba's droid 8D8 about uh, Mos Espa and how it was kind of split up into three factions after Jabba died. And that Bib Fortuna uh, was kind of lining the, the pocket of the mayor. That's not surprising. You know, Bib was, he was a lackey, really. And so in taking over, he was never going to have the same sort of power that Jabba had, you know. And so he, him kind of making these, as uh, to quote the episode, uneasy alliances, it makes sense. You know, he, he needed to find a way to benefit himself while still had still ruling. You know, people still respected him because he was part of Jabba's crew and he probably still unlike Boba's been doing, he probably still held to a lot of those same traditions, you know, the drums and everything and making a big spectacle of stuff. Uh, he probably still ruled very similarly to, to Jabba, but it just, he, it's not the same. 
you know, Jabba had a lot more gravitas uh, than than Bib would have, and so it, it's not surprising to me that he would kind of allow this territory to be chopped up, uh, you know, by these other factions. So a a water monger named Lorena Peel comes in to speak with Boba, uh, and he says that no one respects him, you know, and he's trying to kind of almost almost butter up. Boba by being like, you know, uh, I'm insulted for you. You know, he's trying to be like, I'm on your side. But really, he's just being real condescending and manipulative. And he's just trying to get his way while trying to get under Boba's skin and kind of attack that ego. He's hoping that he has has uh, an ego that, you know, oh, I got to be respected, you know, because pro- I feel like that's probably how Bib was a lot. He probably didn't have the best of the like, uh, best self-confidence really because he was no Jabba. And so I feel like that may be where this guy is, is trying to go. He's trying to be like, Hey, you know, I'll pay you more money. You just deal with some stuff. He, cause he says this, this group of the street gang has been stealing his inventory, his water. And he wants, uh, he wants Boba to take care of it for him. And so, uh, you know, Boba, he, he, he doesn't really give this guy exactly what he's looking for. You know what I mean? He, he He's not Jabba. He's not Bib Fortuna, so he's not going to act the same. But he still decides he's going to go down there to uh, to meet with these with this gang, who's apparently, they're, uh, as described by uh, Lorena Peel, uh, they're a gang of half-man, half-machines who've modified their body with droid parts, which you see, yeah, they definitely have. Um, one of them has uh, a mechanical eye as well as this like hydro uh, hydraulic like pump leg that has a spike on the end of it, which is pretty cool. Um, one of them has like a blowtorch that comes out of his arm. Uh, the main girl who I don't think, I, I didn't catch her name if they said her name at all in, in the episode. I didn't catch it. Um, but she has like a, like a robotic arm, but I don't think we actually saw anything uh, of her like using it specifically. So, uh, I'm intrigued to see, I mean, in general, I'm just intrigued by her, uh, just as, as a whole. Um, so Boba and, and uh, his crew, him, Fennec and the, and the Gamorrean guards, they find this gang, uh, and they straight up admit to stealing the, the water from, from this guy. Uh, because he's overcharging, you know, he's taking advantage of of the people of of most Eisley, of the workers district. And there's even though this is the working district, there is no real work to be had. And Boba comes up on them. This chick, she she calls Boba an old man, which I thought was, was ballsy, and I loved that. And Boba seemed to to like that too, you know. It's it's clear that these are the people that Boba should be fighting for. You know, if he truly wants to rule uh, in, in, with respect, if he wants to be that respected ruler, and he sees that, you know, he sees that these people aren't just thugs. You know, he's dealt with biker thugs before. We've seen that, you know, and we, and we kind of get a bit more of that in this episode, uh, you know, just a few minutes, really. Um, we, we kind of learn a bit more about his, 
uh, his experience with with gangs, with like a with a biker gang, and so it's not surprising to me that he would act. You know, he would go there because this guy mentioned a biker gang. It, it's not surprising to me that he would be like, okay, we're gonna go deal with this because he's had experience with other ones, uh, and so he sees what's going on here. He sees that this guy's taking advantage of them and he ain't having any of it. He, he decides, you know what? He's going to hire this gang. You know, they don't have work. That's the whole point. They can't find, they can't get work even in the working district. And so he hires them. Essentially they're now Boba's gang. And he flat out tells this guy, the monger comes racing out. He's all pissed off. He's like, you're not going to do anything about this. And Boba's like, man, you are charging the, too much for this, this water. You deserve it. They're not going to be paying. I think he says like 1300 credits or whatever it is, uh, worth of water. And Boba's like for water. Like what, what the hell you got? What are you doing? And so he tosses him 500 and he's like, that you will accept this. You will either accept it or you will deal with me and you will lower these prices. Like he is, he's putting his foot down and setting up an example for how things are going to be under his rule, whether you like it or not. So then we uh, head back to uh, his palace and he is in the back to tank. And this is where we head into the past. Uh, we see a young Boba Fett. He's watching his father, uh, Jango Fett, fly off in the Slave One. Uh, and then we flash over to the Tuscan times, as I call them. Now, um, I, I had a little note about this. I do. I feel like they've kind of backed themselves into a bit of a corner with these flashbacks because they've set it up to where the only way we get them is when he's in the back to tank. So you have to have a shot of him in the back to tank in order to set up the fact that we're going into the past. And I don't, it's getting a little old. I'm like, Oh, he's in the back to tank again. We like, we got another shot of him in the back to tank again. So I don't, I don't know if, if there's another way to kind of skate around that, maybe set something else up. Maybe he tells a story. I don't know. Honestly, I would be totally fine with them just cutting to a flashback without the back to tank shot. I feel like it's unnecessary to me, um, but I understand why they do it because it's while while he's in there, um, it's it's kind of like his brain is healing and made, and these memories are flooding through, you know, things like that. So that I mean that's cool, but I feel like three episodes in and we've seen it every single time. And it's gonna I feel like it's gonna get old. And like I said, it kind of backs them into a corner as to when and, and how they can actually get to those flashbacks. So I don't know. I guess we'll see as these episodes progress how uh, how it all kind of goes down. Uh, so during these uh, this Tuscan Times uh, flashback, we start off Boba is uh, riding a bantha through the, the, the sand dunes, through the dune sea. And I, I love that shot. You know, he's on this giant creature and this kind of, this, this kind of comes back later on. Uh, he kind of reference, makes a reference to this, uh, indirectly, which is cool. Um, when, uh, he's talking to Danny Trejo's character about the rancor, 
later on in the episode. Uh, so then Boba, he's kind of making his way through through the sands. He heads to Mos Eisley, uh, and he's looking for the Pikes. You know, the the previous episode he made this deal with the Pikes for protection, so that they would stop attacking the Tuscans. They would set up uh, some protection for them uh, as they're traveling through in exchange. Uh, we get a shot of the stormtrooper helmets on the spikes that we saw in the Mandalorian, which I think is really cool. So it kind of ties that together a bit. And it shows that those had been there for for a decent amount of time as well. Uh, then uh, we get Boba. He he reaches the pikes, and they have a discussion about protection. And it's kind of revealed that there's another party who's already collected payment for protection of the same territory, and it's the Kinton Striders. Uh, I believe this is the first time they've said this name, but it's not the first time that we have, uh, you know, experienced them in the show. This is the same group that has been leaving the graffiti marks on the buildings. Uh, I remember that first episode when I saw that, I was like, who are these guys? Like, what is this mark supposed to be? I was wondering if it was like, originally in that first episode, I was wondering... It's like, is it supposed to be, is that like a Tuscan symbol? And they're trying to like frame the Tuscans because they had like, I think they had killed some people uh, in, in their house and then they, they spray painted uh, the stuff on there. And so I was wondering, I was like, well, maybe they're trying to frame the Tuscans, you know, because uh, they've, they've done that. That's happened before, you know, where uh, people, it's kind of come up where it's like, you think it's the Tuscans, but then you discover it's not. It happened in, in the, I believe the, I think it was like the first movie, actually. I think it was A New Hope. I'd have to go back uh, and double check which one of those it was, but I'm pretty sure that's that's the one it was. Uh, but, so that's what I thought it was. But now we know it's this biker gang, um, the the Kinton Striders, and, and they have uh, been kind of wreaking havoc on Tatooine. Uh, and so Boba leaves... And he gets back to his camp, and it has been completely destroyed. Everything's burning. All the Tuscans there are dead. There's no, there are no survivors that we know of. It's possible that some got away and escaped, but there is nobody left at the camp who's alive, including uh, the the Tuscan who was like training Boba Fett. They they show they show that Tuscan. Um, so, and Boba is, is visibly shaken by this, you know, he, of course, you know, the, he's been living with these people. They've been, they've essentially become family, really, you know, he's become part of their tribe. And so he, you know, he does what he needs to do. He piles up the bodies, he burns the bodies and, uh, you know, he burns the weapons as well. He even pulls out the, the small like training stick that he was using. He kept that on him and he, he burned that as well. Um. And then he looks, the camera kind of pans, and the symbol of the Kinton Shriders is on one of the tents. And so you know what's going to happen. You know that he is going to find these bastards and take them out. Uh, and that's all we get from the past. That is th that short bit. It's a lot in a short amount, but that's all we get. 
Because just when you think that you know they're going to dive deeper, he's going to go after these guys. We return to the present. Boba is getting ripped out of his back to tank by Ker Santin, the, the, the big-ass Wookiee from the Twins. He is there, and he proceeds to whoop Boba's ass. Boba gets some good shots, and, you know, he, he gets them with his staff, stabs him a few times, but it, like, barely phases uh, Ker Santin. And this, this dude is a tough SOB. I dig it, man. I really, I really dig it. Uh, and then his gang comes in this this uh gang of street uh i don't know what else to call them i i had <laughs> i was referring to them as uh the vespa riders at one point <laughs> because like they they got like these shiny brightly colored hover vespas that's, a, that's essentially that's what they are so they're like boba's vespa riders which i thought was was pretty funny but they show up and they're, you know, they're trying to help. You know, they're trying to take him down. And uh, this entire time, I'm thinking, where the where the hell is Fennec? Because the gang shows up. Then the two Gamorrean guards show up, right? And Fennec is still nowhere to be found, okay? They wind up uh, kind of fighting their way into the throne room. Uh, the <laughs> One of the, uh, the Gamorrean guards gets, like, bit by by chrysanthemum and tossed off to the side the, the the gang comes in kind of surrounds him and then fennec comes out of nowhere and hits the button drops chrysanthemum into the rancor pit uh he kind of grabs on she throws her her like she pulls a little knife out of her gun throws it hits him in the hand and he drops down into the empty uh rancor pit it's it's wild it's a great scene. I, I really uh, enjoyed seeing Kersantin kind of just show off his, his brute strength and what he can do. But here's my problem with it. He he was obviously able to open up the back to tank without any issue, right? Nobody was around. Why didn't he, like, fucking cut off Boba's head or, like, shoot him in the face or something like blow his brains out like any of those types of things one one thing boom to kill him instead of pulling him out and like trying to fight him well like i don't understand what the point was like he could have just like pulled out a knife opened up the back to tank and just stabbed it right into his head dunzo right there you know what i mean and then he could have just gotten away or maybe fought off these, you know, them, whatever. But the job would have been done. The job that he was sent to do would have been done. I'm just saying, for somebody who's who's supposed to be this lethal assassin or whatever, <laughs> dude could have done a little better. I'm I'm just I'm just saying. All right. So then, you know, all this has happened. We go to a scene where it's mealtime, apparently, and uh, there's a ton of food. I'm assuming brought from people, you know. I would, you know, gifts, things like that. Uh, Boba and Fennec are there. Fennec's eating like a big drumstick. She's loving it, and she's telling him, you know, she's like, "Eat, you know, you are, you are the leader here now, so enjoy the spoils, you know." But Boba has no interest. He's not in the mood to eat. Uh, he knows that he has to respond. He has to send a message about what just happened. Uh, and then the twins show up. They're on his doorstep, and they have brought 
a gift. And it is quite a gift, if I do say so myself. Uh, so they they go outside, and the twins, you know, they're there. They apologize for sending Kersantin to kill him, and they offer up a rancor as a gift. They have they have this rancor. Danny Trejo is bringing it in on this hover, uh, this like giant hover flatbed thing. And uh, really, I thought I looked at this. I was like. <laughs> They sent Kersantin, okay? They knew what they were doing. The only reason they're actually there is because Kersantin failed. And so they need to save their own asses. They need to, it's essentially they're doing damage control. And so they're like, okay, okay, here you go. Here's a gift. We're sorry. Oh, oops, we tried to kill you. Our bad. That's that's kind of the vibe. You know, they're... <laughs> They're they're huts. What else? What else do you expect uh, from them? Um, they then reveal that they were all lied to, and that the mayor has already promised the territory to another syndicate. And at first, I was like, "Huh, I wonder if it was like the the Kinton Striders." You know, that'd be kind of kind of a cool tie-in, right? But then, once you get to the end of the episode. And they reveal stuff about the Pikes. Going back, I'm like, no, it's it's the Pikes. The Pikes are this new syndicate. I get, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that the mayor has has promised most Espa to the Pikes. Yeah, and the uh, the fact that Boba has had dealings with them, I, I'm interested to see how that will all unfold what has happened i'm curious i have a feeling that uh the pikes might be uh responsible for what the 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 kenton raider or kenton striders did i have a feeling that the kenton striders showed up for their protection money the 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 pikes the the leader there told them about boba and the tuscans and they're like, well, we're only going to pay one of you. Since you were here first, you can have this. But if you want to keep it, you're going to have to go take care of them. And so they went and they took care of them. I I, I 100% believe that that is what happened. Uh, and so I, I feel like what we're going to wind up seeing is that the the Pikes are, will wind up at odds with Boba at some point. And then it obviously is going to come back and happen again in the present day. So that should be that should be an interesting dichotomy for for the for the back and forth uh, there. It should really help to flesh all that stuff uh, kind of out. Uh, so the huts they don't they don't want wars. They say so they agree to a truce. Uh, Boba offers them Kersantin for them to to drop their claims to to the territory and to leave. Um, they don't want Kersantin though. They do agree to leave. But they're like, you know what? You go ahead. You keep them. Consider that our tribute to you. And and they take off. And Boba lets him go. You know, Boba decides to let Kersantin go. And I was shocked here, right? I really thought he was going to offer him a job. Because this guy was just a hired assassin, really. Like, if Boba's paying him, I feel like he could be on his side. You know what I mean? Cause as far as we know, 
I know that he was in the comics. I didn't I didn't read that. So I don't know what their relationship was there. But as far as us who are just watching it know, I mean, theoretically, they could work together, uh, especially if he's getting paid. So I was I was kind of surprised that he didn't like offer him a job. He was just like, you just go, you know, don't he he's like, don't don't work for essentially like don't work for shitty people anymore, you know? Uh, and I, yeah, so I'm hoping we'll, he'll come back. Maybe, maybe he'll, he'll come back and help out Boba at some point because he let him go. Maybe he'll be like, well, he, he let me go. So I'll, you know what? I'll help him out when he's in trouble or, you know, I, I think that'd be cool. I'd love to see him again. I don't want him to just be gone because we, we barely got to see him and he was a really cool character. And I am really hoping that we get some, uh, some more of him. Uh, so Boba and Fennec, they're both real hesitant to believe the huts. They decide that they're going to set up a meeting with the mayor. Uh, so then they bring the Rancor inside. Danny Trejo tells us some real interesting stuff about the Rancor and how uh, they're not just these mindless beasts. You know, we saw the Rancor in Jabba's palace. This, you know, you drop a person down there, you open it up, and it just eats them. Okay, that and that's what it's there for. And I'm sure most people view Rancors like that, just in general. But according to Danny Trejo, uh, they're deeply emotionally complex creatures. They can they imprint on the first person that they see, and uh, they he mentions that there's a, a, there were stories that the witches of, of Dothamir used to ride them. Uh, the, the witches of Dothamir are, you can see them, uh, I believe in the Clone Wars animated series. It's been a while since I watched that, but I believe, uh, that's where they, uh, I don't know if that's where they first came from. They, they might've been in the legends books. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that they were in there. I don't know if they rode ran rancors in the show or not though. It's like I said, it's been a long time since I've watched it. Um, but I think that'd be pretty badass. And, uh, Boba wants to learn how to ride it. And this is kind of where that whole scene with the Bantha comes back into play. Uh, because he's like, you know, I've ridden things 10 times the size of this. And like the first shot in the Tuscan times is him on this giant Bantha just riding through the sand. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I can't, I gotta say, I can't wait to see him ride a freaking Rancor. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I am super pumped for that. Uh, so the uh, Danny Trejo's character, again, I don't know his name. I I, I don't know if they said his name, but I, I didn't catch it. Uh, he takes the blinders off and the creature sees Boba. And you can see that imprinting starting to happen. Boba's real smitten with this with this creature, man. He he gets he's like petting it. He's like he's really into it. and, and he really wants a pet. It seems like, you know what I mean? He's really into this, into this creature and I dig it. Uh, and then freaking eight D eight strolls in, ruins the whole mood. You know, he's, he's, he's just like C3PO man, just ruining moods left and right. Uh, and he says that the mayor won't be available for at least the next 20 days. Boba and Fed Fennec, they head over there. He, he's not, he's, he's done with this shit. He's like, he, I am sick and tired of this mayor's screwing with us. And he is suiting up, heading right over there. They arrive, Boba Fennec, his gang, no Gamorrean guards, because the one 
uh, got put into the back to tank, and I assume that the other one stayed with him. Makes sense. Uh, so, like I said, they arrive, but the mayor's little bitch tries to uh, give him the runaround and tries to sneak away and escape in this, like, hover vehicle. And Boba catches him and, and sends the Vespa Riders off to, uh, to, off to get him. And they have this crazy high-speed chase through, you guessed it, the title of the episode, through the streets of Mos Espa. That's right. And this dude is just destroy. He's just he doesn't care. He he does not care. He's just destroying everything. He's just like plowing through fruit stands, almost running over a billion different droids. We see a bunch of them. We see a, a like a C three type of unit. Um, we see uh, like an R unit of some sort. I don't know if it's an R four. Uh, I think it was like the orange one. We get we see uh, one of the ones from uh Watto's salvage yard the one where you hit the little button hit the like the little nose button and he springs up doo, 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 and so we see one of those and then like the little tiny like roller skate looking ones we see a bunch of those um i i love that we're just we get to see this menagerie of droids and alien creatures just th throughout the streets of most espa those are some of my favorite shots, like when they're walking to uh, whether it be the mayor's or the like the casino place or whatever it is. And we just get to see all the people of Mos Espa. That's one of my favorite my favorite things about it. And so this scene, this chase scene was really cool because of that. Uh, so this guy takes out a water reservoir and I'm just like, that's not fucking cool, man. Water is not easy to come by on this planet. And you're over here just fucking taking out gallons upon gallons upon gallons of water just all over the place now, useless. And I'm like, oh, that dude deserves a beat down just for that. Uh, so then there's one point where he causes one of the gang members to crash through a painting of Jabba, which I thought was really cool. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. A painting of Jabba. And then on my second watch through, I was like, hold on a second. I think I saw Boba Fett in that painting. And sure as shit, Boba Fett is in that painting. And I did a little research and I discovered that this image, this painting, is actually a piece of concept art from uh, Return of the Jedi from when Luke went to Boba to bargain for, for Han's uh, release. But they had to remove, you know, obviously the image of Luke from that. But Boba is right there in his green armor and everything. So I thought that was really cool because, like, Boba has been a part of this. You know, we got this pick, this painting of Jabba, and the guy who's running the joint now is in that same painting. I just thought it was really, really kind of a cool thing. Just I, I spotted him, and then I found there was more to it. It's a piece of concept art. I thought that was really awesome. Uh, but it gets destroyed, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> uh, this happens after, because um, like earlier I had said, you know, like one of the guys has like a hydraulic foot with a spike on it, and the other one has like a, a like a blowtorch. It's the it's the blowtorch guy who goes through the painting. But they're like they're using those to take out this dude's vehicle because he won't stop. You know. It, it doesn't really do much of anything. They try pretty hard, but it doesn't really do anything. 
But then the main biker chick, who's a badass, man, she manages to take out this dude's speeder. She, like, goes up onto the onto the buildings and, like, leaps down and, like, hits his, hits his vehicle and it, like, spins him out, which is really cool. And then he crashes and they finally catch him. And so Boba questions him and it is revealed that the mayor is working with the Pikes. And so they do some recon. The last scene, they do uh, some recon and they find a bunch of Pike, do- a few dozen Pikes have arrived in Mos Espa. And they're preparing for war. War is coming and Boba is ready for it. So uh, it, things are heating up. Things are heating up. It's getting crazy out there. And uh, I'm really, really excited. I thought this was a really good episode overall. I know a lot of people kind of complained about this biker gang, about the shininess of it and everything. And I saw somebody, uh, one of my friends on Twitter, um, he was like, you know, when I was growing up, you'd see all the gangbangers with these brand new shiny cars, right? And that's because it's all about the look, you know, whether they had to sacrifice other things that they couldn't afford for that because it's a status thing. And that that made sense to me. I was like, okay, this biker gang, yeah, they maybe they can't, they don't have any money for, for water, right? But they got these bikes. People will notice them. People, you know, it's it's like like I said, it's like a status symbol for them. And I know a lot of people again, they're like, oh, it doesn't fit into the world, you know. It's oh, they're they're super bright and super shiny. And I'll be honest, like, did you not watch the prequels? Like, I know a lot of people bang on on the prequels, but like, where do you think shiny, brightly colored things in Star Wars universe? If you don't think that they exist, then you've never seen the prequels. Like, there's so much shiny brightly colored stuff going on in especially in the phantom menace it's it's ridiculous you know and so it didn't it 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 sticks out a bit but it's not to the point where i'm gonna i think the thing that i think the the negative that i would give if i'm gonna give any negative about that is that they're the bikes were like vespas and like so they looked kind of awkward shape wise but the color and the shininess and everything like that, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it made them really made them stand out, you know, and especially now that they're working for Boba. If you think about, you know, you have like Jabba or the twins, there's a lot of pomp, you know, a, a lot of look at me. I am the, I am the leader here. Well, no, but Boba's got a bit of that, you know, these, if, when these bikers are, are rolling through with them, people are going to look whether they want to or not, they're going to see these flashy colors and they're just going to eyes are just going to be drawn to it. And I think that, I think that's a good thing for Boba. So I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, let me know what you guys thought of uh, chapter three of the book of Boba Fett. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter at movie blog Merc. Uh, you can follow me there. Be sure uh, to hit that subscribe button. If you like what you're watching, hit the like. And always remember to hit that little bell so you get remember, uh, reminders of every time I drop a new video. Uh, be sure to check out some of the other shows we got here on Merc with Movie Blog. Uh, I post um, Last Call at McLaren's, the video portion of it, right here on the YouTube channel. We also have 
uh, Beyond the Screen, which is a good one. Uh, check that out. We have Oh, What a Marvel when the Marvel shows come back. Um, I'm going to be doing some movie reviews as well. I do trailer reactions, things like that. Uh, I'm going to be starting some new shows, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, there's also on the um, on the podcast network, exclusively on the podcast network, we, you can go and check out our show, uh, Prime Picks, where the host, Mike Mixtape, he uh, picks out, or he gets a guest who picks out a uh, a movie off of Prime Video, and they they talk about that there. So it's really good. They've done some really good uh, uh, movie discussions. I've been on uh, a couple times. I did uh, Jane's Hanba reboot, as well as the 2018 remake of uh, Suspiria. We also talked about the original a bit uh, in there. So if you want to get my thoughts on that, check it out um, on the podcast feed. And uh, really, I think that's about it. Uh, you can hit me up on uh, Facebook and Instagram at, or uh, fa- Twitter and Instagram, I, I apologize, at Movie Blog Merc on Facebook at Merc with Movie Blog. Uh, be sure, again, like I said, to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed the, uh, the show. And uh, I'll catch you next time on another episode of Hey Mando. See you later.